Hello. Welcome back to the Non-Essential Workers Podcast, a left-wing podcast on politics, media, entertainment, bullshit headlines, all sorts of things. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. And I'm Jason. And this and week, today... All right. <laughs> today is my episode to host, so I have, been, I have been digging deep in the weeds and the burrows, searching high and low, far and wide. For the best, juiciest articles around. Ugh. And I've found a bunch. I have found my pot of gold. Bacon will... and juicy. <laughs> You're mixing a lot of metaphors. They're, yeah, right they're, they're ripe. They're ripe for the picking. <laughs> These juicy leprechaun beavers have a lot to offer us. <laughs> I'm plum. And today we're, of course, going to cross the entire political range and spectrum of psycho orc Republicans to. Uh, knee-biting, nibbling Democrats who are just always picking at each other to the occasional article. It's like, huh, you know what? They're right. That's good. I'm happy. I feel refreshed. That One in every hundred articles I find on news says something that makes sense. Speaking of, you know what? Let's start out on a good note. We are going to go to Salon. After 20 years, repeal the Patriot Act. Okay. Agreed. Yep. They had the balls. They're saying it. <laughs> you know, every, everyone was saying it like a couple years after it was passed, but it didn't really change anything, unfortunately. I remember being eight years old or seven years old and saying, I don't like this thing. Yeah. I don't want this thing to become law. And I'm a child. Yeah, it's it's always a good sign when you pass something in haste immediately following a national tragedy with a propagandistic headline that undermines the fundamental principles of the Republic. That's usually a good sign for what it's going to do. Um, so what, I mean, did you read this one or is this just the headline? No, it's just the headline. Yeah, because it's like, the only problem I have with it is that it's implying that we've had, to, we needed the 20 years to figure that out. Right? See, it's I, a, you know, we've had 20 years, I mean, eh, it didn't work out. I, I do get the sense that Salon was not saying, well, after 19, it was fine. Like, I bet the article is a listing of, like, all throughout how the last 20 years it has I'm sure. Been. Yeah, I'm sure. Is it not like some, you know, psycho hawk who's like, well, I guess I finally come around on a rack. You know the one that was like, after 20 years, we now know why Biden is leaving Afghanistan. It's like, you should have left immediately. Like, there shouldn't have been there in the first place. Like, it, it has almost that tone of, like, let's say the radical thing by couching it in, like, a, we've done our homework. You know, we, yes, it has the yeah. lib I'm a mom explaining to yeah, you yeah, yeah. own, but I agree with the sentiment, mm -hmm. and I'm glad someone's saying it. Oh, they're saying yeah. it. Normalize repealing the Patriot Act. Norm normalize not being a fascist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I guess at like the 20-year mark might be when I'd start to be uncomfortable with the indefinite detainment without trial of people. That's like you know, it's not always an easy thing to latch on to as objectively wrong, so I can understand that. And it's not like you're aware of the people spying on you at all times or anything like that. So really, it is it is a journey, and I'm 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 gonna read this article afterwards so I can I can join this lawn writer on their personal their personal journey. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, well, you know. I wish we had more positive things to say for what is almost certainly an unambiguously good argument, at least at this point, but there's not a lot to go off with this little on the headline. 
I apologize. We were all depressed. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of someone who maybe almost got the message right. Mm -hmm. From the Atlantic, the House of Representatives is failing American democracy. Discuss. I I, I mean, Alex, I think Alex has already picked up on the irony I found. The only actually democratic part of the country is the part failing democracy? The only actually democratic representative body we have. (sighs) No, instead we should rely on the Senate, which has like a third of the country controlling half of the seats, or the unelected Supreme Court, or the fucking geriatric murder fest of the executive branch. Like, what the the fuck is the good democratic part they want us to like? Yeah, if I had to cut our bicameral system in two, I don't know if this is the conclusion I would have landed on. Yeah. Now, once again, I haven't read the article because yeah. I'm a good Samaritan. But my guess <laughs> is that they're going to say something like, well, look at the House of Representatives. That's where all the crazies are. That's where, like, the Bobert and the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens are. And that's where all, like, the, po- you know, po- podunk crazy assholes show up in. But the reality is, that's democracy. That's what makes up America. That's what makes it representative. What's not representative is a body where someone can represent 200,000 people or 10 million people and be and their single vote can be bought and sold and change the entire outcome of literally any piece of legislation. As we will discuss further with discussions about Man- uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, who will, will come up later in the episode. It just—it's just very funny to me that the the Atlantic is like you know aiming their rifle, but they're aiming it at like the kid. Yeah, well, this is there's a very there's a very long held position, which is a fundamentally reactionary position, but it's very core to like American government classes and and civic education, which is that you want to moderate um, the the extremes of society and public opinion by having this sort of the jurisprudence of a of a seasoned set of veteran politicians who all have an elite status and, and are sort of all, they all know the game and they don't get... Into- also known as corrupt oligarchs. Right, and so what they basically say is like, oh... Who are more self-interested than anyone. The Senate is somehow the good body because the Senate has more like political experience, they're older on average, they have more time as a politician on average. It's like, well, okay, fine. You technically do get a wider range of political opinions in a body like the has representatives because it's more representative um and they're elected more frequently they can be they are yeah. more at the whims of the political zeitgeist but if anyone if anyone thinks that the sort of psychotically evil agenda of the senate republicans is any less than that of the house republicans i don't like they're they're lockstep like i, I don't know what the fuck they would be talking about at that point the, the party is whipped the party is very much in lockstep with one another because they actually have party discipline. So there's no meaningful difference between the Senate and the House Republicans because they're all basically whipped to the same end goal. The fact that they use like a mad dog like Boebert or whoever to, to push their like radical fringe into the fold, who cares? They, they just make, they're just doing it so they can continue to like cut taxes and give money to corporations. Like that, that doesn't actually change anything. It's just which form of clown they're presenting to rally their base or to mobilize energy. So they, 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 it's, it's all just sort of propaganda. They don't actually gives a shit about whether someone's bringing AR-15s into the Congress, apparently. It was just a way of sort of like getting a few more chuds to the polls. So it, it's not even a meaningful distinction. 
to be fair, I don't think anyone's brought rifles into Congress yet, just pistols. Whatever. Uh, but so, in why do you think the House of Representatives is failing democracy? <laughs> I mean, I think I know, I think I can guess at the subject uh, of the article. It's probably about how divisive negotiations over uh, the reconciliation and infrastructure bills have uh, have been in general and how that's not that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a government is supposed to be a resounding symbol of cohesion and stability. And this is undermining the foundation of the institution of of Congress. Um, how do I personally think it, it's failing? Would it surprise um, you if I told you that this mm. article is not even that, like, complicated? It's written by a former member of the House. So it's really just a petty, they're bad now. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I, I, this never would have happened if I were there. So, so, so you have read this one then? No, that was just, I just read, this article okay. written by a, a, a salty, jealous guy who formerly was in the house and lost. Uh-huh. Well, let's put it this way. The, the top to bottom American democracy sucks. Like, let's not be, let's not, exactly. kid, let's not kid ourselves. It's not good. It's just the best of bad things. So it's not like you can't find problems with the house. But the, the problem is not that it's not democratic. It's the only democratic body we have. The problem is that it's filled with assholes. And it's filled with assholes because of a two-party system that, and a first-past-the-post setup that creates a two-party system, wherein we end up with corrupt Democrats and even more corrupt and evil Republicans. And neither of these groups has the interest of the American people at heart in any way, shape, or form. They're just kind of like, how much can we shuffle around our politics and identities and propaganda until one of us can outcompete the other one for corporate money? Like, it doesn't have a fucking thing to do with like good for American democracy. In fact, this article doesn't even... It starts from a premise that is absurd, which is that you can even define what it means to be good for American democracy as if it was like a math equation. They're like, all right, we, we've made four no, American democracies. What the fuck but, does that mean? You have to make a coherent case. I don't, but, I don't know. What I find so funny is that this is written by someone who was in the House. Even the most psycho Beltway journalists would admit the House actually gets a lot done. A lot of bills get through the House. A lot of legislation is written and passed through the House. Yeah, the House is actually in this era of gridlock and total democratic dysfunction is actually not just representative but functional. Yeah, they actually get you passed. Republicans actually try and pass things they want to do, and Democrats actually pass things they want to do. They're actually more bipartisan. Well, you know what they say: the House always wins. But and every because they all know that they're. (laughs) I, I I see you there. Because yeah. they all know that no matter what gobbledygook they pass, it could just go die in the Senate. Yeah. It's their get-out-of-jail-free card. And that's what they run on every two years. Well, look, I'm, I wrote my name and attached it to this really cool progressive thing, which would have been great for America. And then it died because Joe Manchin... Well, the, 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 the House of Representatives has always been the junior member of the bicameral legislature by design because of the elitist anti-democratic sentiment ingrained in the constitutional makeup of the country so to say like they're failing democracy it's like no democracy failed it like it, exactly. it, was, it was intentionally exactly. placed in an inferior position so it can't accomplish what it's trying to accomplish how is that right. it pro- pro- problem like i don't understand they have the causality totally backwards american democracy failed to set up actual democracy yeah. 200 years ago with the creation of the Senate. Like if you compare the creation of the Supreme Court and the creation of the executive. If you compare the United States to almost any parliamentary system, 
and you wanted to use American uh, democratic institutions to compare to like what they have, every other country in a parliamentary system pretty much just has a House of Representatives, and then they attach a much weaker version of the president to the House of Representatives as the leader of the House of Representatives. Right, uh, a rep would run the government every four years. So basically, you know, someone between Biden and like Pelosi would be, or, 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 you know, whoever, would be the head of government, but only so long as his party wanted him to be the head of government or to be a head of government as part of a ruling coalition in the House of Representatives. And as soon as that coalition fell apart, someone else would take over or some other party would take over. It would have nothing to do with like to, uh, this bicameral thing where you have to go through through the Senate, which has nothing to do with democracy, or you have to go through the Supreme Court, which has even less to do with democracy, or a president, which has more power than the bodies themselves, even though he's supposed to just be like one guy who's the head of state. So like every almost every other country doesn't even have this like three part system. They just have one system, which is they have a parliament. They have the equivalent of a House of Representatives. And it's much, much more functional than ours, even though it has its own set of problems. Because it's basically just what democracy is, as opposed to democracy plus some other bullshit that has most of the actual power. And this is not to say that all parliaments in practice work very well. We, not need, we do not need to look very far to look at the UK and look at the path from Cameron to uh, Theresa May to uh, Doris Johnson. You're like, look, sometimes parliamentary systems fuck up too. Yeah, of course. But America gets so in their own feelings about just how unique our system is and how uniquely fucked up our system is. And we just like roll it. We just love it. We just love how uniquely stupid we are. We bask in it. Well, because we're the first fucking draft. Because one of the earliest modern democracies, and so we fucked it up, of course. In fact, we fucked it up so bad, we did a second draft, and it was still bad. And everyone else following us was like, all right, let's learn from their mistakes and improve. And we're like, we don't improve. It's our right to suck. So we, we could easily, at any point, have adapted a more parliamentary system to what we have. We just didn't, while the rest of the world built off of what we did and improved upon it. So, you know, yeah, you can have parliamentary systems that fuck up. And in those cases, you can say, hey, look, democracy is failing to achieve a good outcome. But what you can't say is look at the system where democracy is the like the weakest third of it is barred from you know, can't actually change things materially. Look, democracy's failed. It's like no, what democracy? What democracy? The Senate is more powerful than the House and is less democratic. The Supreme Court can overrule either of them and is totally undemocratic. The president is sort of democratic, but is basically just abusing their power constantly, exceeding their bounds. So, like, what is this democratic? Like thing that they're even saying, like, okay, here's the democracy and here's how it's failing. Give it a chance before you say it failed. You know, give give us actual democracy, then see if it fails. Right now, what we have is is barely democratic. I don't know. All right. Well, speaking of barely democratic institutions, these two related articles, one from the Daily Beast and the other from CNN. From the Daily Beast, Capitol rioter decides to represent himself in court accidentally admits to two new felonies. Oh, cool. Call that street justice. And then uh, from CNN, federal judge holds D.C. jail in contempt and says it violated U.S. Capitol rioters' civil rights. I mean, uh, the Daily Beast article is just a good lesson that whoever you are, you should never represent, represent yourself. <laughs> Movies are not real. <laughs> you should try to get uh, a good lawyer, uh, or a lawyer at all. Um, you're not Vin yeah, Diesel. It's not no, going to work out. <laughs> I don't I think anyone's seen that movie, but it's so good. I don't know if family can save you. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
No, no, sorry. I, I was I was just gonna say that the CNN article is a bit. Uh, I'm a bit more on on the fence about. Um, what you what, don't like I'm, it when a psycho judge says like fucking. Yeah, you're, of, you're of, not in order. You're goddamn. Of course, my personal bias is that yeah, U.S. Capitol rioters should be uh, and they should obviously still have their civil rights, but it's much more fun when bad things happen to them. Um, I, I yeah, I'm curious uh, because I, I haven't really read or heard much about them being treated poorly. Certainly not treated poorly by police. Um, you know, except for that woman, I suppose, who was shot trying to bust through the, the barricades. Um, oh, that could be the name shot while trying to bust. <laughs> uh, absent co- context. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious what what exactly one who this federal judge is, um, and and like how it how how they got involved in in like considering this case in the first place. Like if they were, you know, what kind of recourse brought it. Uh, across their desk, but also, yeah, what they what they uh, are charging this DC jail with. I mean, not that surprising in, in that <laughs> jails constantly violate people's rights, um, but also usually it gets uh, it gets the cracks. So this must have been something uh, high high profile. Um, I wasn't aware that you could charge an institution or failing that maybe just a building with contempt. Like they, they didn't name anyone. They didn't say like the head of the jail or some sort of committee. Like, well, they're no, holding I mean, the, the jail. Goes into who, no, the article goes into who they're saying is in contempt. I'm you sure know, they never walked walk by. Taking it too literally, Alex. Once again, we're not shooting walrus into the space. We're not throwing jails in jail. Just saying, title alone, it didn't say <laughs> anything about the jail. It's just the jail. <sighs> Look, they gotta they gotta get it in as few words as possible. They're charging the Department of Justice and the warden of this jail because they feel. I, I also hold the concept of jail in contempt. I have great contempt for jail as an idea. <laughs> I contempt you, jail. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a ridiculous premise to be like, this person is committing the, the cardinal crime against any state, which is to say treason slash insurrection. We need to be delicate with them, like they are soft, you know, pottery to to move them around. It's like there's nothing more heinous you can do, as far as the state is concerned. This is the same group of people who are like, "I want to go hiking and and give water birth. Can can I do that after my treason? You know, I I just thought I was. Can I get my vegan shade grown meals in jail after treason? It's like there's a lot of states today let alone throughout history where almost all of them would have just shot them on site for treason. Like treason is, is often punished by like vicious martial law crackdown. In or the, we send the FBI to secretly kill them. Like, the idea that they're like, I'm uncomfortable. I, I wish I could have been treated better in jail after I tried to overthrow the state in a right-wing coup. Like, I, look, jail sucks. People shouldn't be in jail. As an institution, it's garbage. But what more heinous thing can you do than this? I mean, if, if anyone's mistreated, these are the people to be mistreated. Logically, if from the perspective of the state, let alone perspective of someone who's, you know, hates them even more than the state. So I, I don't know. I think right-wing America has been watching too many prank videos on YouTube. Yeah. You can't just say it's a prank and get away with felonies, as these two articles show, demonstrate. All right, well, speaking of judges off the rocker, 
This one comes from the Washington Examiner. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, come <laughs> on. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was right about Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Apparently, since Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died, there's been all these, like, unsealed documents of horrible shit she said. You know, it came out with, like, a puff of smoke. All these people have, like, I've been, I, I def- I've uh, tried to defend Ruth Bader Ginsburg's honor while she was alive. So apparently she said some shit like Colin Kaepernick sucks. Yeah, she was vi- she was vicious against him for absolutely no reason. Right, but the point is now the right wing psychos are like, wait a minute, that, that bitch we hate and wanted to die was right all along, but no, about the wrong right. thing. Turns out she was reactionary the whole time and was not a good person to idolize. That <laughs> was not fucking run RBG or whatever the fuck. Not some big Democrat hero. Yeah, she's about as progressive as fucking Joe Biden, and everyone's like sucking her ass because oh, she's not, you know the most reactionary human possible compared to the other ghouls on the Supreme Court. Being pro-choice, not a high bar. Fuck's not sake. a high bar to, to having yeah. good ethics. This is why, why so this is why like intersectionality is so important uh, to consider well both important in general, but also consider when looking at a person. It's just like yeah, I, I don't know. The the, the idolization of, of RBG as like a girl boss was uh, and is, I guess, so it's so narrow narrow minded. I mean, it's it's just kind of like a step beyond what what, what we kind of laugh at all the time about. Like, oh yeah, f- female uh, IDF member isn't that progressive? Yeah. Um, I mean, the the difference is that yeah, there is like she did have a role in in supporting and advancing women's rights, but that doesn't at all mean, unfortunately, that yeah, or you have to look at, at how she treated everything else, including things like that don't directly affect her that don't directly relate to her life experience, which is often where things matter the most is whether you can, you can step outside of that, especially when you have the amount of power you have as a Supreme court justice. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when I, it's not even, it wasn't even like, I know more has been uncovered, you know, including like more scrutiny of like her hiring record and the fact that she basically never hired minorities, um, or people of color at least. Uh, but yeah, it was like public and she basically said right after she was asked about it and she's like, yeah, it's dumb and disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so, basically like burning a flag. Which, once again, legal and defended by the Supreme Court. And which but, she should um, know more than almost anyone. Um, the, the, I mean, even if you want to do the asinine personal project of, like, let me base my identity on one of the most elite and unconst- like un- unelected people in the world, basically this, this Supreme Court coven, even if you want to base your identity on that, you could have chosen Kagan or Sotomayor, who are both better female Supreme Court justices than Ginsburg. But they're not OGs, Alex. They've even been in there for a decade. Who gives a shit? Just pretend it's 20 years from now. Like, th- they're going to last that long. You, what, you don't like old crones? I'm saying, like, there were two what better... There are two better female Supreme Court justices on the exact same premise than RBG, and they're still way too conservative, but they're way better than oh, she was. Oh, don't worry. They'll be revered in 20 years. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, the, the whole question with her was just, like, she's ancient and white and woman and the Supreme Court. Great. Okay. I mean, so, if, if you read the shit she said, it could have been out of any moderate Republican's mouth. Like, who, who the fuck cares? The beautiful thing about this article is that it's from the Washington Examiner. And so when you actually go to the Washington Examiner to read this article, you get hit with all sorts of extra levels of irony and stupidity. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I'm trying to read the article. And then they just blast me with this giant, they blast me with this giant Dave Rubin, Jordan Peterson video oh, talking about the goddamn 
Brian Laundry Gabby Petito case. It was like it's like the lobster fucking murders. It's like they're they're so on the conservative psycho train. It's yeah. like please take more of this. They're like drug dealers. But so this um the person I was referencing was Katie Couric, who was like trying to mm-hmm. low um like downplay all the shit that RGB said to her. Mm-hmm. So just for the it's audience's bad. reference. Yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was quoted as saying uh, that Kaepernick's protest was dumb and disrespectful, even though he went to serving people in the military and asked what would be respectful, and they said kneeling. And uh, that they are that athletes are free to protest if they want to be arrogant. Yeah, <laughs> and listen, she said this openly. Oh my God, the irony is so rich. This isn't like unsealed documents. We've known she said this for years. Like, yeah, but the media downplayed it because, like, oh, quite. Uh, yeah, let's move on. The reality is, she she dumped on the entire what would essentially become an integral part of a Black Lives Matter or 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 a resistance to police brutality or resistance to the state from really as far back as as you want to go, and because it just didn't matter to her, right? Like the the only thing that matters to her is like maintaining the de- the decorum and the prestige of the American state. And so anyone who's like not respecting the flag or the salute or anything is committing a more heinous grievance than, say, mass murdering black people. And that really tells you everything you need to know about what she gives a shit about and why the court sucks. Because these are the kind of people who were, who were rooting for on the court. These are the good people. And that's where their priorities remember, are. Remember last time when we talked about the two kind of fundamental different visions of America? One is we should always be constantly fighting for what we feel we deserve more of. And the other, which is you should feel grateful. Throw Ruth Bader Ginsburg into the you should feel grateful part. Yeah, absolutely. So here's, here's, a, here's a larger quote from her that I find particularly interesting. She said that these protests showed a contempt for a government that has made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. Not like the, you know, the actual athletic prowess is what allows their the market to reward those skills, uh, which they probably could not have lived in the place they came from. As they become older, they realize that this was youthful folly, and that's why education is important. So this old bitch, this old bitch is saying to to professional athletes who have trained for 15 plus years of their young life to hone an insanely high-valued but dangerous skill, shut the fuck up, be grateful, when you get old you'll understand, Get more educated, bitch. And I bet your parents had worse lives in Haiti or wherever the fuck you're from before. You should thank America for why you're good at football and we get and we pay you. Yeah. So those are those are the worst comments that Katie Couric was You know what? Had. I'm saying it. I'm glad Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You, you know what? How about fuck. how about this? She, she's talking about wherever they came from as if she's a true American. And they're not. They're not. Well, her father was a Jewish immigrant from Odessa, Ukraine, who came here roughly a hundred years ago, and her, her her mother's from Jewish parents from Poland. So she's only from people who have been American for one generation. She was the first of her, you know, their parents weren't born there. She was. I guarantee you that most black people in this country are like third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation because of when they were dragged over here against their will. Right, they all have slave relatives. They oh are all like a hundred times more American than she is. Because they can't even trace back far enough to know anything other than being American. So she's going to shit on them over how they should go back to where they came from? They came from America! 
Alex, you know what I think we just did? Alex, you just destroyed them with facts and logic. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Well, the, difference, the, difference, <laughs> the difference is that, in her mind, is that she's more grateful mm-hmm. about that. Uh, yeah, you know, how, you know how the average black person can just um, arrive in the country and then their children can become on the Supreme Court in one generation? Uh-huh. That's a normal thing for black people to achieve in this country. Yeah. And this is no reflection on, on her in particular, but since she made the argument, let's 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 just look at the at the uh, stability of Ukraine versus various countries in Africa. I don't know if that's always going to be a favorable comparison, unfortunately. I mean, even Ukraine and Poland, which are by no means the most stable countries in Europe, uh, have have a lot more to offer you in terms of material resources and connections than um, an unknown series of locations in Africa that you don't even know anymore because your history was ripped away yeah, exactly. violently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, as someone who is a descendant of Jewish immigrants from Europe myself, I, I have nothing, there's nothing against that, but to pretend as though that makes you like a true American and people who have been victimized for so many generations, they don't even know their original identity. They have nothing left but the identity of the colonizer, like atrocious country that exploited them and their ancestors to say to them, like, they should appreciate us. You should appreciate that. It's like, you should appreciate the people who were like harvesting your your ancestors for their labor and rending them into pulp. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's just disgusting. Like that that's one of the most repugnant things I've heard. I mean, that could have come out of like Ann Coulter, and I wouldn't have been surprised. I, I don't know. That one really pisses me off. <laughs> All right, now now for our weekly segment on murder. These from ABC and BBC News. The first one I like because it's very, there's like a pun putting it. Killed on Zoom. Dad held after toddler finds gun, shoots mom. And from BBC News, several killed in Norway bow and arrow attack. Yeah, I saw that one too. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, that was was, wild. Yeah, I also saw the BBC. Horrible. I, look, I, looked, See, I thought Jeffrey Tubin was the worst thing we got on Zoom. I looked through ten different articles about Dumb. the bone arrow attack for a version that was funny, and I couldn't find one. They were all just horrible. <laughs> I just went with the those straightforward ones. One of the many ones I dropped as well. I'm like, this is too depressing. <laughs> and uh, it fell right into my bucket. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that trash and turn it to trash. Uh, still seeking Ranger's pet used in the D and D attack. Um, I don't know. There's, there's really no. There's no way to spin like five innocent people being murdered by a psycho uh, to be too funny. I will say the Zoom thing is kind of funny. Like, you think the dad gave the gun to the toddler and said go? Like, you think this was a setup? You think he's like show mom? Well, yeah, there's always a conspiracy you know, like, theory that yeah. he was sick and tired of mom. He didn't want to have to pay alimony in 18 years when he knew. Mm-hmm. So you have the go toddler go killer. It's like I that mean, Simpsons episode. And had it on yeah. Zoom so that anyone could confirm it was the kid. He was like, see, I was there. I, I, was, I was on Zoom. It couldn't have been me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on Zoom crank. Oh, no. What was that noise? You know, like, what could the have happened? I, the reason I think this article in particular is interesting is because I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more of this. Because over the last two years, as most people's life have and work life has had to revolve around being on, essentially, on camera all the time, and the amount of guns in Americans' homes you would have thought you'd hear hear about more gun accidents going off during Zoom meetings. Yeah. So I'm just surprised to find this one. Unfortunately, most of them are like students have sex on Zoom meeting during class without realizing or some shit. You know, like the, it's usually some like dumb the, shit. This sounds like the sequel to that, like Unfriended. 
killed on Zoom. Like, this is the next horror movie about going to work on Zoom and fucking scary demon ghost is killing you, everyone. You know that, you you know, know video, like, the guy's hands in a blender? Like, funny schlock horror to be made here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you own a gun, uh, lock it up. If a toddler can get it, you definitely should not have a gun. That's, uh all i really have to say but um if you own a gun for self-defense and you don't live in one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the country sell the gun because the chances are statistically higher you kill yourself or someone kills you in your own family and you know this you know it just look it up you should only have a gun if you're hunting or if you're living in like the 10 most dangerous parts of the country if that's the reason you're also, on. if you own a bow and you're not like a <laughs> keep your toddler away from that uh, bow no. Um, stop and get some help if you own a bow and you're not using it to like hunt venison. I will say it's it's the one nice thing about the bow is that the toddler's not going to kill his mom with it. What if it's like a well, it's like compound really with like the like the pulley system, so it's very easy to. No, nah, there's no toddler on Earth strong enough to make that work. It might injure her. But. You're right though. That you know that is a marketing part for guns. So easy a toddler could blow away their yeah, mom. So easy your two year old will kill you with it. It's uh, a selling point. Is it? For them, I think it is. It's like it's like a dystopian future. It's like you don't, you may not have the courage to kill yourself, but your two year old will accidentally do it for you. Time um, to retire your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! This one's getting dark. All right, what else we got? Jay? Left on the bow attack. Uh, I I know I I just read headlines and, and little little blurbs as it developed. It, it sounds like he was a. Uh, a troubled person that the police was already aware of and killed a bunch of innocent people. So that's fucked up and it probably means that um, even in the in the best countries uh, or better countries in the world, still there are conditions that push people to the, the edge of misery and sanity. Yeah. I, I like articles like this because I it's so easy to see how they get twisted into right-wing narratives. So every right-wing will say, See, gun laws didn't save these five people, but they totally missed the point. Gun regulation is not designed to eliminate all violence. Otherwise, we'd make cars illegal. We'd make knives illegal. We'd make acid illegal. We'd make police illegal. Although, right. They were just designed to minimize the most collateral damage possible. And as we've seen in the last few years, people could just get in a truck and drive down a sideway, yeah. a, a, a sidewalk. Uh, people yeah. can get acid from home cleaning products and 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 honor kill as many people as they want. It's not we we can't get rid of the instinct for violence in humans. See, I thought you were going to say but like we cannot give everyone things that toddlers can use to murder people. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like oh, Norway has a socialized economy and they still it have takes murder skill. Now, I'm sure it's obviously deranged. <laughs> it takes time and effort to draw a bow and shoot yeah. people. That's a difficult thing. I imagine the person who did this was not able to do it for long. You, you have to if be a real dead-eyed psycho if to had, draw down someone with a bow five times consecutively and kill them. Like, yeah. That takes a lot of AR- precision and aim and intentionality. If he had an AR-15, this number would have been five times higher. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Oh, and speaking of was in the news, the fucking kid who did the Parkwood shooting just uh, uh, pled guilty, I think. Good for him. All right, let's move forward. Uh, where do I want to go next? I'm terrified, honestly, after that last uh, couple of articles. You know what? We're going to lighten the mood a little. 
<laughs> this from one of my favorite news sources. Bro Bible. I'm not kidding. Genuinely a better website. Like to they will make you feel better about your day than if you read CNN. All right. This from Bro uh-huh. Bible, and this was at the peak of oh, oh, the Lad Bible. It's it's similar. The point is they talk about like bro stuff and sports and hot women. Bro, have you heard the good word? Groundbreaking. New malaria vaccine yet to be approved by Kyrie Irving and Cole Beasley. Now, I don't know how much Aiden, you follow sports. I know Alex does not follow sports. I don't know what the fuck this means. So if anyone would like uh, a little bit of helper here on who these people are, I will explain. Are these real people? Yes. So Kyrie Irving is a... Have you never heard Kyrie Irving before? (laughs) No, like these names make... These names sound like... Kyrie Irving is a very talented professional basketball player. Okay. And Cole Beasley is a very talented professional football player. Mm -hmm. Both of whom are bizarrely, very publicly anti-vax. And so they're making fun of these dumbasses who have no medical expertise uh, but have decided just that by fiat of their wealth and and sports prowess, they decide what's best for their body and won't take the COVID vaccine. And the, re- the, the, per- the article is saying that recently there's been a breakthrough with a malaria vaccine, which is hugely important. Because malaria kills like a million people every year. I'm not sure what the real number is, but it's fucking gigantic. And there isn't really a cure or a vaccine for it. So the fact that we're having a groundbreak here or some kind of breakthrough in medical science, this could be a huge story. This could be like a Nobel Prize winning accomplishment. This could, this could save millions of people's lives over, over the years. And it's like, but, but have we checked in with Dr. Irving and Dr. Beasley? Right. Have we checked with have you checked with Nicki Minaj's cousin's balls yet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's oh, the context. God. A good Any little bit of, of, a, a, a good little bit of satire from Bro Bible. Yeah, that's just like an onion headline. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's quality stuff. I mean, I, I've I've yeah, I, I do follow basketball to some extent. And I kind of like Kyrie Irving, uh, despite this, not in as like a serious way, but in that, unlike some anti-vax athletes, uh, like quarterbacks and stuff you heard heard from the NFL, like every time he talks about, he's questioned about why he won't take the vaccine, it becomes clearer and clearer that he doesn't know. Like he doesn't exactly. even under, understand his own thoughts enough. And that's like a beautiful mind kind of level of denial. <laughs> All <yeah>. right. <laughs> Alex, here's another additional level of context for you. Okay. Remember a couple years ago when uh, like flat earth shit kind of bubbled up again i don't remember it ever not being present but when, okay when bob was like oh it's flat motherfuckers that's why i don't i retired from rapping so well, kyrie irving kyrie irving flirted with flat earth is that why he fell off well so with the yeah so kyrie irving once again clutch basketball player but he thinks he's smarter than he is and he's one of those like Thinks he's a wordsmith. Thinks he's like a philosophizer. It's like no, right. you're you're a basketball player. You, it's not that you can't have thoughts that are political in nature. You or just don't. But you right. You just happen to not <laughs> you have. Just don't in this instance. Yeah, you really don't. So right, he's like, I'm standing up for the voiceless. Like uh, I'm upset that people are losing their jobs over this. Like you're losing your job over this. So it, it's very funny. And should. <laughs> I so, all right. There's nothing really to talk about because I mean the, the satire is the joke. It, it's a good joke. Now that I understand what who these people are, it makes sense. Uh, I'd like to point out I, I have no problem with basketball or football. I just don't follow them myself, so I don't know any. Like, do you follow? Good for you. 
But yeah, these, these yeah. names sound like something I'd make up in Dungeons and Dragons, but it doesn't sound like a real person of <laughs> these are really confused. In keep cold easily. Yeah. Um I uh I hadn't heard about the um I heard about progress on that HIV vaccine through new mRNA technology. Do you know if it's the same thing with uh no malaria? All I know is that there is actually some hope. All I know is this. Capitalism, generally bad. Uh, Modern world, generally bad. But the one area where no matter how hard corporations try and ruin it, scientific breakthroughs on health have been going up steadily for 200 years. It's like, it's the most impressive thing we've done as a human species. Our breakthroughs in, in life expectancy and overall health and catching diseases and coming up with cures is is in is incredible and will will lead to untold progress for our race but like it, it's just so funny but like but what does my favorite athlete have to say about this i will well, and there's uh, some, nothing there's Hopefully. some people who live that way seriously i will say it's mostly the global south and sort of belt around the equator for whom a malaria vaccine would really matter so fortunately i don't think most people in india sub-saharan africa or like you know South America really care that much about what these two people think. No, but still. Hey, if there was a good functioning malaria vaccine, I would get it. Fuck it. It would make travel much easier, make drinking water in different parts of the world much easier. Like, I mean, yeah. sure, I just don't they think that's in Northeast U.S. It's, it's not really a problem that we Whatever. I might be adventuring. Okay. I want the whole cocktail. Uh, yeah, but, but if, this, if this turns out to be like free and open source, Bill Gates is going to be so real mad. estate. Bill Gates is going to sue whoever created it for not making it more of a ripoff. Yeah. What, he's like with... salty, you never got how, how, are, how are the Africans going to learn self-responsibility if they don't have to pay for the malaria vaccine? <laughs> Alright, I didn't introduce this to shit on Bill Gates. I did. I, Fuck Bill I know, Gates. It's a, it's a bonus round. Yeah, a a piece, guy's a piece of garbage. I'm saying it. No, but like, really, one of the big, one of the big problems... Um, with curing disease around the world is that you have people like Gates who pose as philanthropists while actually just doing bizarre bullshit and like self-aggrandizing and profiteering. And then when we're like, Hey, you want this free vaccine? They're like, I don't know. Like Gates is supporting it. So that means we don't trust it because he's kind of tainted the water. So like they did, recently they came up with this, um, like bio, you know, bioengineered mosquito that when it breeds with other mosquitoes kills them. Yes. Yeah. I heard about and this. That, that was going like to wipe Melbourne. out. That was going to wipe out several different subspecies of which there's like thousands of species of mosquitoes there's only going to take out a few of them but the ones it was going to take out are the ones that spread malaria and the ones that spread some of the worst diseases and west nile and yeah. we wanted to send it to countries in africa but the problem is gates was backing it so those countries are like i don't know man like it's got gates backing and he fucks with us all the time we, we also really want to do this it. we also want to do it in america and like yeah. counties in florida said no all i'm saying is when you attach someone as toxic as gates to a project, and he always manages to attach himself whether you like it or not. Yeah, well, the Everyone problem is he got Epstein. So Everyone stopped trusting Epstein, it. So I don't think he's going to be attaching himself to much anymore. He got oh. soft camp, which I'm, I'm yeah. not happy about. Yeah. He'll be back. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. Alright, let's move Just like hepatitis. To, yeah. Let's move to someone else who's also insufferable. This from mm. USA Today. Pete Budigig. Calls parenting twins. <laughs> the sigh in your voice, I love it. Calls parenting twins the most demanding thing I have ever done. Also, new article uh, from USA Today. 
we are really trying to push Pete Buttigieg as someone you should relate to and like and vote for president in the future. Please like this man. We are, we have invested millions of dollars in his future. They are so desperate to make Buttigieg a, a, a media darling. It it's so pathetic, and he's so like. Okay, I, I was gonna say he's so unlikable. I think he is often unlikable, but he does have moments of of eloquence and kind of the Obama style of like uh, of political clarity, which I think is appealing to a, a lot of people and certain demographics in the U.S. But yeah, like his, his complete uh, absence of relevant experience in most uh, most political situations, especially transport. Um, his complete flip-flopping um and uh like i mean he's kind of been surpassed i suppose now by by cinema and being the most obviously corporate uh democrat there is but during during his his uh you know presidential election run he was just like, like so mm-hmm. so bluntly and and obviously like he, like he wasn't even trying to hide it because he was he was just acting like that was the right way to do things and that like that just it's so off-putting and so it makes sense to me i suppose um to conclude this this uh rambling that yeah they have to fall back on the idea that oh look uh actually forget about what he actually believes and says um he's he's a family man uh and uh he's an icon for the lgbtq community um so let's focus on that since everything else is bad and not putting. There's nothing better for the LGBTQ community than to obviously be a corporate slash CIA prop to sabotage the web. <laughs> Allegedly. No, that's confirmed. Like th- this motherfucker. No, 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 it's no the corporate the corporate the corporate part is confirmed. Well, yeah, of um, course. Brett Fry. This motherfucker could not have been more obviously planted to fuck with the Sanders right. campaign, to fuck with, uh, who's the other, even to fuck with Warren, to fuck with anyone who had even remotely actually left-wing politics by cutting their legs out from them by being like, uh, did you know that I also am gay? Uh, For the audience's sake, I like we, are a, left. we are a 90% sure he's a CIA tra- uh, plant podcast. The the reality is, I mean, first of all, to briefly touch on his likability, I despise this motherfucker. I've yeah, never I've once, I've never once seen a thing he did that I was like touched by. This is like, this is like the effort to be like a center left populist for dipshits. Like he he doesn't say anything original or creative. He literally engineers fake social moments where it's like, oh, the lights go out, we gotta hold up our smartphones. You know, like it, it's like a bad Spielberg movie. He, he's constantly trying to reinvent himself in real time. It's like he forgot to cut the mic so we can all tell that he's lying the entire time. He, he's just disgusting. And, and it's like someone who tries to use the fact of being a minority or the fact of being a woman or the fact of being gay or the fact of whatever these things are as like, therefore, you can trust me. I'm one of you. Get fucked. Like, Harris is not better for black people because she's black or better for women because she's a woman. She's horrible for these folks because she's the one who put them in fucking jail and kept them there. Not just like Obama did to people, just like Hillary was for just women. Just like Buttigieg did for his fucking town he was a mayor Buttigieg of. Buttigieg was fucking awful for the town he was a mayor of. And that, like, look up anything about the place he was a mayor and the demos of what happened there and basically how he basically just gave everything to corporations. And, and, and it, like, it, he doesn't actually speak to anything about his, his abilities or his knowledge or his talent. It's, he's just always been the corporate stooge at every level. So for him to be like, 
let me continue to try to be relevant now after the only brief moment of relevance I had, which was entirely engineered, uh, has faded. I, I hope it fails as much as it deserves to fail, because I don't want to care about this motherfucker ever again. He is, he's not even fun as an enemy because he's so boring. Don't worry, Alex. We're going to only have to have to hear about him for another 20 years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, his, kid, his kid's going to grow up, and he's not going to give him a good allowance. He's going to be like, uh, well, what do you say about twins the fact are, that you're, do, you're, you're doing allowance fixing? You know, like, they're, they're going to start accusing him of, of the same shit as the nerd. Oh, he, oh they're going to be like Vinny yeah. and Applebaum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, uh, but you, you admitted that you were part of allowance fixing. What do you have to say about this? And he's like, uh, uh, the lights went out. That's fucking bullshit. The lights went out. This is bullshit. I'm turning my spark like on. one time he sweared. Yeah. 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 So good. Hey, for everyone's yeah. reference, go watch the 2020. Wait, was it, 20, was it 2020 or 2016? I can't remember. 2020. Yeah, the 2020 election, when the New York Times gets all up their own ass about, like, we will interview every single one of the candidates and grill them and ask them questions, and then we will endorse all of them except the one actual progressive. Like, watch the, the video of the New York Times staff writers interviewing Buttigieg. And there's one uh, journalist we're referencing, this guy, Benjamin Applebaum, who's like the, the he's like Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey in his, in his robotic destruct, deconstruction of Pete Buttigieg's yeah, he, he annihilates uh, record Buttigieg. and career. And, and Buttigieg is, is like clearly shitting bricks because he didn't think there was going to be even a single difficult question for him. And he's just like, I, 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 no, I didn't do it. I just kind of did it. Fuck you. Like, that was his response. It was nothing. He had, he had no defense. It was like, I, I didn't pr- fix bread prices. My The company I was working for did it, and I didn't know, even though I did it. I didn't know it. <laughs> what? All right. Oh, we all hate people. Gibberish. Like, like, he's basically just, what if Obama had no charisma or ability to hide the crimes? Well, well, then we'd all hate Obama, right? Like, the thing that makes Obama Obama is that he is likable and intelligent. Pete is neither. So he's just the same as that, but minus the only things that are redeemable. All right. We are going to take a dive in Slate for what I like to call the Jealous Women section. (laughs) We might change the title of that. But uh, these both from Slate. Help, my brother did everything the wrong way, and now he's thriving and a millionaire. And then also from Slate, I'm so tempted to dip into the money my kids inherited from their grandpa. <laughs> oh, God. Well, so I, I want to flip, flip the script a little bit. Um, I've confirmed I wanna, that both women. I want to ask you, Jason, why did you choose to include these? Because Slate has this way with words, which is they get you to, like, hate the person who's posing the question in uh-huh. their advice columns. In such a way that, like, I have to, I have to see what happened. I have to see how they're going to get shut down. And so, I don't know. There's something about the, um, the my brother did everything wrong that I found interesting. And it tur- I read this one a little bit, and it turns out the brother like dropped out of school and got into trading of stuff and got into crypto early and just like they didn't go to school basically. And that the the older w- sister who who's writing. It's like, I'm $500,000 in debt because I tried to become a medical doctor. And it turns out being a medical doctor sucks. And so she, she's like mad at the choices she made. She's mad that her fail son brother succeeded. And she's like mad at America and her family and the systems at large 
that created this. Country, well, she's she's basically right, right? Like the, the the American economy rewards random assholes by fiat of like a lottery with shit like the, the stock market. So she's not wrong to say that like pursuing a medical career, which is a generally considered noble profession, should not leave you in horrific debt. Whereas some asshole who like bought Dogecoin at the right time is now a millionaire. Like, yeah, I mean that's. But, that but is idiotic. Not, like evil. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. No, the, the problem. Well, that's what I was going to get to. The problem is not the brother. The problem is the entire setup of the American economy. The problem is that the wrong things are rewarded and punished sort of randomly and in a way that's beyond your control. Yes. And there's no logical way to avoid that. And she doesn't know where to point her anger. Yeah. So she just says like, well, well he did it wrong. I did it right. Well, it's not fair. You could rewrite it as, hi, I did the thing that a upper middle class professional should be doing. And yet I am impoverished. While my idiot brother is now a millionaire for no reason. Well, yeah. Or you, you, yeah, but you just say, or my brother like bought a lotto ticket and won the lottery. Yeah, it would be the like, same. It would be the same idea. Yeah. Or maybe she's underselling her brother's work, and he actually like did some entrepreneurial work and didn't just randomly fall into it and like made his own little business. Like, who knows? the 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 point is, I don't know. I just found these interesting in there, and because the others headline is addressing another issue of inequality that we often see, which is inheritance and how should governments deal with inheritance and who should get inheritance, how should it be spent. And the idea that, like, I'm... <laughs> like, they know that it, the right thing to do is to honor the grandma's wishes and let the money go to the uh, the kids, but she's, like, tempted by the dark side. They're not going to invest in... They're not going to invest in crypto. They're going to use it on some stupid shit like going to medical school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that it's dip into like she's a corrupt, you right, know, like, like for the slush fund. Like, <laughs> let me I, wet I my just beak. Like the phrasings on these. They couldn't even say like borrow or ask for or <laughs> dip into. Like, they, they may have said, I need to wet you. my beak in my <laughs> children's fund. Like, and not the grease the wheels. I'm not going to steal it. I'm just going to siphon a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would like. Yeah. I would like to purloin some of this money. <laughs> so obviously, some of this filthy right, lucre. Like, yeah. It's like she knows the answer. She's like describing herself yeah, as exactly. a monster. Like, please, please remind me that I, that my conscience is correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm curious about the about the uh, the the first one about crypto and and uh, doctor sister. Um, yeah. Like, well, I, I would be. I'm curious if if like. If she is a doctor, because um, like doctors still make good money. Like doctors aren't uh, as widely underpaid I, I, as they, say teachers or something. Yeah. They often make like multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. Well, what I had read is that she had like she had finished and she's now into the like the getting a residency. And uh -huh. but her biggest objection was that she's being mistreated by by people higher and higher ups. No and like and her family like they're black, I think, and she's like. like I get treated like, you know, like I'm a black woman. I get treated worse than all my white men colleagues and it's not fair and like life sucks and work in medical sucks. And, and I, like I, she's like resenting the work, the field overall. So she is, like, she, is, she has less money, but is forced to live in the in the misery of, of corporate America where right. her brother is Whereas richer. Her brother's and... like balling. <laughs> I'm just glad the article wasn't and my younger sister did her OnlyFans and is doing much better than me. So I don't have to right, that like again. Her... Why can't they be happy for their ball and younger brother? Because they're unhappy. Look, if I hit, if I fucking hit a crypto jackpot, I wouldn't like leave you hanging. Like, well, on. yeah, well, presumably the brother did. Otherwise, she wouldn't be so pissy. <laughs> He'd be like, hey, throw me some of that Doge coin. She, she, you know, like, but but she obviously is not getting any. 
dip into that Doge. I'm so tempted you... to dip into my brother's Doge coin. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. No, that's a Pornhub video, right? Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like step, 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 yeah. step, step Doge. I'm stuck step in a laundry bin. I'm stuck in the crypto market. Yeah. Crypto um, delivery for uh, they got a pizza box. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, like yeah, so so she's basically correct that the American economy is rigged and being middle class is a dead end at this point. Uh, on the other hand, medical these are both like relatively dead. privileged people at this point. They're both either wealthy or on track to becoming wealthy. So like, yeah, it sucks, but like, whatever. Who cares? They're not really desperate. Um, but they're they're desperate enough to vent on the internet to sleep. Like, look. Would I want to be a medical doctor during the height of COVID and everyone's like throwing shit at nurses because they did their job? No, I wouldn't. Would I want to be a black woman in any American field during the height of like racist prejudice that this country has returned to openly? No, sucks. But like it's that or, you know, some shitty job with the exact same problems. There's not that many jobs where you can escape racism and prejudice in America. Like, I guess, yeah, Dogecoin is a job because you don't have a boss. You just invested in a thing and now you have money. Like, sure. What she's really saying is, I wish I had also found a way to make a bunch of money without interacting with another human. But yeah. Right. But yeah, 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 even that, as you say, Alex, suggests some privilege on both sides because to make big money in, in crypto, you need to have, you know, a, a startup. Yeah. Nest egg. And, and and while that might be a loan, that also means being eligible for loans, which a lot of, of both people <laughs> yeah. aren't. They both took out $500,000 loans, but his went to crypto and hers went to Here's yeah. a little more context. Yeah. She's also mad, mad that he's a stoner. He's a classic stoner. She's really making this guy more and more likable compared to herself. And, oh. and he started his entrepreneurial spirit by trading sneakers online when he was 12 uh -huh. and graduated to Bitcoin. Also, she's in her late 20s and he's in his mid 20s. This isn't some giant generational gap. This is yeah. just different choices made in the trajectory of their lives. Wait, wait. So, so he didn't he didn't like fail out of college and then scramble and somehow get come out with the upper hand. It, he dropped was, out like, at 16. He was hustling from 12. He's smoking weed, hustling for 4 years. He's just a Chappelle show character. Like this is this guy. <laughs> he's a weed smoking young he got teenager. Got from Whack Arnold's. Yeah, exactly. Like, Go get him young blood. And he, he invested in sneakers. Right. Like I, I don't know how well, the fuck this worked out for him, but it did. <laughs> it's a funny story. It's probably fake. So speaking of people resenting <laughs> each other for no reason, this from Yahoo News. Lazy crane operators making $250,000 a year exacerbating port <sighs> crisis, truckers say. <laughs> this one's a real... The trucker and crane operator this war. A real complicated sentence. Yeah, they really <laughs> crammed a lot. Into so, are they lazy? Is, okay, so is a lazy crane like a proper name? Like, welcome to the lazy crane company. Like, or is, <laughs> is it saying the la the crane operators are themselves lazy, therefore they shouldn't be making a quarter million? I do it, believe it's saying that. That's they're lazy fat cats who, because of their insane degree of training, insurance, and difficulty of their job, make a lot of money. Is there a and work ethic they could have that would justify a quarter million? <laughs> the truckers are mad. That they're taking the flack for the shipping and port crises that are going on in the world, the global shipping problems, mm -hmm. as like it's the crane operators' fault. They're they're overpaid and they they don't have to work as hard as us. They're not on the road as many hours. And the crane guy's like, "Bitch, if I drop this, I die." Okay, t take a digit off of two of the quarter million. Let's say they were making twenty five uh, thousand a year and they were barely making uh, you know enough to make ends meet. Would that justify them being lazy? Like if you if you were really badly paid, you'd be like, "Hey, I'm only paid twenty five thousand. I'm gonna take my time." 
getting in the weeds. I don't no, no, no. No, it's not getting in the weeds. What I'm saying to you is they have made an irrational conjunction of ideas, which is that someone's being bad at their job is only justifiable when they're not well paid. Or is justifiable, rather, when they're not well paid. It's like, these have nothing to do with each other. There's no job where it's like, well, if I'm not paid well enough, I'm going to be garbage, and that's fine. But there's also no evidence that the crane operators are lazy. They're just projecting. No, I, I, the truckers are just mad. No, I understand. It's just, once again, it's part of a broader narrative that almost everyone indulges in, including apparently lower class people against each other, which is your, your compensation is a function of your work ethic, is the argument. And right. the reality That's why is that, deserve to be because they must be right. They that be is not true, and it has never been true. Some of the laziest people in the country are billionaires because they don't have to do work. That's you're why they're billionaires. Not. This has Can been I, drummed into people. Like, you're, oh, you're like a low. You're like a McDonald's worker. Right. You deserve eight twenty-five an hour for the rest of your life because you're lazy. Right. You're you deserve minimum wage. It's false. Is is the is the the premise, Alex, that that you're putting forth? that uh salary or or you know whatever income is not in reality related to to work ethic and, and effort um or is it I, I guess i guess i think that that's certainly true from what you're saying but also is the are you saying the reverse as well that um the amount of effort you put into a job shouldn't be linked to the amount you're making from it I mean, it's a more complicated question, you know, like, should someone who's working harder be rewarded more? But the, the problem is, even if that was an option, yeah, it's a subjective measurement by people who have self-interested reasons to say who's working harder than who else. Oh, yeah, you can never trust, yeah. Oh, so there's no way to adjudicate that. There's no way to adjudicate that. It's like, okay, your boss tells you if you're the hardworking employee, right? Well... They'll just say the one who's hardest working is the one who kisses their ass the most, the one who does what they want them to do the most, not the one who's actually the most productive. Like the most productive employees are almost never the ones who get promoted because they're doing what the company wants them to do in that role. The people who get promoted are the ones who follow orders well and kowtow nicely to the superior. Yeah, permissive. So that they can take care of the you know the middle management bullshit while the superior gets blown or whatever. So like the, 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 there's there's nothing to do. There's no relationship between like people getting promoted or people getting raises or people getting a meaningful increase in their quality of life based on like, oh, are they lazy or not? That, that's nonsense. And that's almost always nonsense. Consider, this, this story is not about your typical office environment. This is about physical, demanding, high training work. This is crane operators and truck drivers who also don't make a terrible living, by the way. And so the, the story should really be, isn't it sad that there is tremendous pressure on our ports and our shipping and our containing. There's there's massive strain on our trade system right now. It shouldn't be, let's all look for people to point fingers at and blame. It should be, let's reward these people. Let's encourage them. Let's help them work safely. Let's maybe ease this burden on them. Let's be a little bit more forgiving if your package doesn't show up a day early. Like this, but this is, as Alex says, like this is a perfect opportunity for Pinkertons and rabble rousers and people who want to bust up union talks to come in and turn the workers against each other and I, the reason i chose this is because yahoo which is typically not a very political uh news group will just take whatever they're given and so they're given this insanely right-wing framed right article which is saying th the problem is inherently the workers hating on each other and dividing instead of uniting around their similar training and purpose and shared experience one of the most common yeah. oh, go ahead. I, I was just I was just going to say, like, it, it's evident in, in the way that, that 
these problems are these supply chain problems are are framed or or the, the name we have for them more specifically we call them logistical problems and the last i checked crane operators and truckers are not responsible for right. logistics they don't which, create yeah. the stuff they don't plan all this stuff they just do the physical job that, that was all i was going to say is yeah I, I completely agree it's just a complete offloading of uh of responsibility once again onto the the individual and the and the laborer in one of the rare cases where it is unambiguously up to management to make sure that the logistical supply chain is working as it's supposed to yeah if there's not enough crane operators and you hire more fucking crane operators if there's not enough truckers and you hire more truckers you don't say like well why aren't they accomplishing more than the physical limits of their body why aren't they shitting in bottles more like no come on it's because the craners are lazy yeah so so to, 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 to get into a little bit more of the detail of what jason was talking about about the right wing frame there's an entire genre of right-wing framing of these kinds of problems, which is, hey, all you exploited, low-paid workers reading this, someone else who is less virtuous than you is making more money than you. Isn't that terrible? Shouldn't we lower their quality of life so that you can feel satisfied via schadenfreude and resentment? Instead of the actually rational frame of the article, which is, all of you are getting fucked and the value of your labor is being siphoned by the management who have artificially created these problems. Should you not collectively organize to force them to pay all of us better? And this is true even for higher earners. This is true for the doctor we talked about in the Slate article. This is true for the, for the crane operators here. And this is the kind of shit that Pete Buttigieg did when he worked at Kinsey. Yeah. Which is come up with that right-wing framing that Alex talked about. Decide who gets to get fired. Decide what parts of your corporation get to go on the chopping block and get moved to a different country with lower pay wage workers. That's the kind of shit that Pete Buttigieg got up to on his big illustrious resume. Find ways to divide laborers. We talked about this on, on, on one of the recent episodes, but one of the most common tactics used by the right wing is to put into the, the sort of discussion a chief emphasis or focus on the virtue or ethics or morality or value of working class people specifically as a function of their productivity or their work ethic or whatever. Now in the abstract, there's nothing wrong with having a good work ethic, but when you base your entire value on that work ethic, you're basically doing several things on behalf of capital against yourself and your fellow man. One is to devalue the efforts and labor of anyone near you who isn't quite as good as a work ethic as you by making it seem like they should be able to do what you do, regardless of the fact that they might be disabled, old, less capable of life dead to birth who knows less educated who knows right two you're basically saying that the wages that you're getting should be tied to that as opposed to tied to what for instance is a necessary wage to sustain life or a necessary wa wage to you know pay for rent or a necessary wage for whatever or a wage that's commensurate with the value you've produced so it's it, you're divorcing the value of your labor from your income and saying no the income should somehow be based on performance which is a corporate metric used to determine how much wealth they can siphon, not how much value you're actually adding. So by focusing on the virtue of the individual worker, what you're essentially doing is doing corporate's job for them of dividing the workplace into, into individuals all competing with each other and not being able to organize for your collective bargaining, which would get all of you more money. Instead, you're going, well, which one individual of you can, can try to claim a little bit more money by dint of your, your hard work? No, it, it, it's a completely corporate frame and it absolutely destroys the ability of labor to organize get together because you're all at each other's throats and you're at each other's throats because that's where they want you because otherwise you'd be at their throats. Now, now I hear you, audience. You're probably saying, but Alex and Jason, you don't have jobs. How the fuck do you know? Well, we do. And, but well, we, uh, yeah, I know. But to, I just wanted to 
do a cell phone real quick. To them, I'd like to say, you know people who do this. If you work in an office, you know someone who, who's maybe pleasant and kind to work with and friendly, but who does corporate's job for them. They're constantly nagging. They're constantly saying, man, that other guy's underperforming. He's, he really makes us look bad. Oh, you know, he's, he's really not holding up his end of the bargain. I have friends who do. I know friends who talk this way. They have so internalized the, the corporate logic that they essentially do the, 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 the spying and the squealing, uh, the tattling on their own workers who are underperforming. Like, you know this. You've all seen this. You've all witnessed this. Of, of workers who, in a panoptic sense, whip each other to carry more burden for the corporation we, than the other way around. We are all collectively being starved so close to the brink of death that we realize that we can cannibalize each other for a brief repast, a, a brief respite from the, from our ills. And so we begin to cannibalize each other because that is what's left to us when we can't organize collectively. Instead of organizing together and, and, and actually taking on and defeating the victimizer, instead we continue to victimize each other as a form of brief uh, solution to our ills, which is just doing the work for them. It's, it's just saying, hey, if I take down my fellow man, maybe I can get a, a brief amount of income or a brief amount of praise from my boss. I'll get a pat on the head for fucking over my fellow man. This is the entire premise of being a scab. It's the entire premise of, you know, tattling on each other in the workplace instead of actually having solidarity with each other. And even if you're like an egotistical sociopathic narcissist and you think that this is a legitimate and reasonable way to behave, you would still be serving your, your interests better by collectively organizing and all getting more money than you'd get even by being a piece of shit like that. So even if you have no ethics whatsoever, it still makes no sense to do it. You're still better off organizing. Together. Right. Once again, we talk about the it's it's often self-interested to be progressive. Yeah. It'll benefit you more if you benefit everyone. Unless you just love seeing other people suffer, there's really no argument for this. And if, if that's the case, please stop listening. I, I don't want people like that listening to this show. If, if you're like a complete sadist and everything is just cruelty, I have no idea why the fuck you're here. Um. I, I just want to uh, do a brief... And would like to welcome the sadists. Yeah, and, and bring them back <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, as someone who loves offices, who loves working in offices, they're so fun. I mean, Aiden, um, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, you've you've seen this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes it is accidental because when other people are, are not um, on the cor corporate wavelength, then it makes your job harder. And so there's there's like on top of just trying to to uh, cannibalize, there's also just like, well, this is already miserable. Why why should I excuse other people who make my life even more miserable by holding things up? But yes, I I even that like, you know, it, it makes things more complicated. But it still requires like, yeah, talk to people, try to get on the same wavelength, try to organize. Don't hide your wages from each other. It's all about right, stand up for each other, defend each all, other. Yeah, it's all about camaraderie between workers because in any setting, uh, that is the key to making what is certainly going to be miserable unless you are lucky enough to live in, in a truly good, truly uh, egalitarian workplace um, better, either incrementally or or if you're lucky, uh, you know, in, in a single moment of, of corporate revolution. But what I was going to say was um, this is just like a basically like a shower thought kind of level thing. But I think just hearing the, the, the term work ethic so often, I think just uh, made me consider the fact that like, even that is like so corrupting um, in, in modern context, modern linguistic context, 
to tie together work and, and ethic as if the amount um the amount of time the amount of energy you put into into your employment is tied at all to morality in, in any sense um that idea should be completely divorced those ideas should be completely divorced from each other but it's become like the defining thing both in terms of of your job and outside like we also apply work ethic to to other things when we probably should be saying things like discipline you know personal motivation study habits yeah it's it's a uh, I th and I think that while, as I introduced it, um, self-effacingly, it is kind of like a shower thought. It's kind of, it's not that important. I do think that language uh, has has some importance, and probably um, the things that we normalize uh, can affect the way that we we internalize and view things on at least a subconscious level, if not an explicit one. Because, because again, uh, to your point, work ethic is only relevant to the people who are vulnerable and being exploited. We almost never ask about the work ethic of the CEO. We almost never ask about the work ethic of the people at the very top of any of these no, chains. No, it's assumed. It's it, is, assumed. it is given, oh, they're rich, they must have a good work ethic, right? We never actually interrogate the work ethic of the people who are the actual exploiters, abusers, victimizers, siphoners of value in our society. The only people whose actual ethical qualities as far as their work ethic or their performance or any of these related terms at work go, are the people who are vulnerable, are the people who could be fired at any moment, are the people who are living paycheck to paycheck. And the reason that their ethic is being interrogated is because it's yet another form of coercion that the bosses use over them to make them terrified so that they'll work for fewer, you know, fewer benefits, lower wages, more hours, more brutality without quitting. Because that's you know, all it's meant to do. It's meant to create a compliant, docile, pathetic workforce. That's what that term is used to do. This is an interesting linguistic discussion because, you know, referencing back to sports, work ethic, I actually don't often hear in the actual context of work. Work ethic often gets brought up in sports. And sports is a little bit of a different arena where that's it's true. like, you know, if you're first in, last to leave, always practicing. Like, yeah, that that's actually a commendable work ethic. But that's a field where there's ostensibly a little bit more meritocracy. And it's really based on pure talent. Like, there's no talent, you know, if you're working a call center. Like, I mean, there's, like, personableness and getting along and, and just being efficient. But, you know, Tom Brady's work ethic has nothing to do with the CEO of some business's work ethic or the workers, the actual, you know, that your typical laborer's work ethic. Those are very different uses of that term. We And Aiden's certainly right that when we think of work ethic just out of context of, like, your actual job, it's... You know, do I study? Do I do I eat right? Do I sleep right? Do I am I consistent? Do I am I making progress? Am I advancing? Am I working out? Am I, you know am I, am I doing everything I can to be the best me? But from a from a business perspective, it's are the workers doing everything they can to make the most money for you? And, and even within sports, maybe their work ethic of the average sports team member would be a little higher if the vast majority of the value of their labor wasn't being siphoned by some corrupt old billionaire white shithead. Maybe their work ethic would be a little better if like. You know, Bob Kraft didn't own ninety-eight percent of the value they were generating, so it's just like it's not surprising. Well, well, no, 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 no. Yeah, athletes actually make a disgustingly higher amount of their actual labor than than most workers. Well, it's still vastly less than they produce because they make an enormous amount of value. Here's a perfect example: the NFL actually has a union, and they actually make fifty cents on the dollar. That's insanely more than almost any other industry in the world. Uh, I, I, I doubt it's I doubt it's that high or else the people who are profiteering off of it wouldn't be as rich as they are. It's um, it's fifty cents on the dollar. 
the NFL is actually fairly socialized. It's very interesting. We can do it. We can hold a whole deep dive on it another day. Considering that the NFL's average, you know, the average NFL player's career is only like three years, and then their body's fucking wrecked, and, and you you know average out the money yeah, they made yeah. over the course of the rest of their life, it's not really that high compared to what you'd expect. No, but the average NFL player who only plays for three years does not have a wrecked body after three years. They typically have a wrecked body after ten plus, and by then they have actually made a decent amount of love and live a decent amount of money. Now, once again, I'm not saying they they should be grateful for what they get, but what I'm saying is in context, the NFL because once again, because our society rewards it, we reward people who hit a ball with a stick, we reward people who throw a you know who throw and catch a ball. They actually get more for their labor than your average person. They really do. It's it's. It's a it, you have to win the genetic lottery. Uh, once again, you you have to deal with people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg judging your every single political decision. But for a brief period of time, you get a fair um, a, a decent amount of the 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 recompense for your labor. Yeah, and 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 I take a take a half step down the ladder to college sports, and suddenly you see you get a complete mirror image. Well, you get uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, college sports is way worse. The, the, not, I mean, except for yeah, only not, this year with name and likeness stuff. Not a mirror image, I, I I should say the the opposite, the other side of the coin. Yeah, where, where you are, yeah. the the classic yeah. model. The re- the reason I reference the NFL though, because the NFL is the biggest sport by far, and once again, I I, I want to make this clear for people: like the NFL is to a degree socialized. They do revenue sharing, so the biggest teams don't just get to keep all their money. They actually divide that money to the smallest markets, like Green Bay and Cincinnati, and, and you know Tennessee, who get like no viewership. They get the same the same uh, uh, salary cap. They get the same essentially financial support. They get the same marketing support. So, and like, there's way more parity that's that's designed into the system, and that's why it's a successful sport because they've built in some degrees of socialized parity to let things not get too unequal. That's in that's on purpose, and it's once again evidence of even if you're a self-interested psycho, do socializing a little bit and you get better outcomes. Even the most viciously self-interested people should want to do this. All of Europe, who's still filled with as many greedy peoples in America, they do these things because they know it's a better outcome. But we are so obsessed with the process, we don't even want better outcomes. We just want the process we like. Which is why we're so committed to capitalism. All right, well, I did not expect that conversation to be generated from those articles. Lots to say but about labor. Let's move to, uh, let's move to the. <laughs> this happens every couple cycles. Shitting on Bernie. Thanks, media. This from like what sweater he's wearing this week. This from Business yeah. Insider and the Daily Beast. For so from the Business Insider, Bernie Sanders refuses to sign a statement condemning the protesters who harassed Kristen Cinema. In the bathroom, report says. Uh, it's Kirsten, actually. And, and, whatever, I don't give a shit. And this from the As Daily Beast. Bernie's tax the rich bluff just got called by oh his fellow God. Dems. So ca- it's so catty. It's like, it's like literally is Jay Logan to get back with Ben, ben Affleck. It's, uh, in, in order to call someone's bluff, you generally have to agree to do whatever the thing is to see if they would actually do it. Is that implying that the Democrats are actually willing to tax the rich now? Because if so, I guarantee you he'd be like, great, let's do it. I don't understand right, what that could possibly mean. No, no, no. They, they certainly, Democrats agreed, and he's like, oh, no, actually, I don't want to do it. Oh, that. secretly, I've been a far-right psycho this whole time. I've just been posturing as left-wing for some reason, even though it's cost me my entire political career. 
Alex, will will you sign this thing to condemn the protesters of Kristen Cinema in the bathroom? No, I'll sign a thing saying do it some more. You know, <laughs> I, I think that would that would give me a new job title because then I'd be a, a cinema critic. This, <laughs> there you go. But this is this was so this gave me PTSD flashbacks to the Elizabeth Warren. He told me a woman shouldn't run for president. Bullshit thing. How did it feel when he told when he called you a cunt? Like Kristen Cinema should not be allowed to take a shit until she passes an infrastructure bill. Like if, if Amazon workers can't take oh, a shit until they finish something. their deliveries, and lazy crane operators can, can, you know, have to get their shit done, well, maybe she shouldn't be able to shit until the rest of America can. I don't give a crap what fucking time they're protesting or harassing her. She's not being harassed nearly enough for the violence that she's doing to the American people with her bullshit. Yeah. She should she should be used to stress test Guantanamo is how I feel. Seriously. Days, but, um Yeah, but Bernie Sanders uh, I, I saw this article as well. It's yeah, completely right on this. And I, I I thought just quickly, I thought it was interesting that um and I do not think that Biden is unfortunately is a, is a in the right generally as he as he has seemed as he seems to be drifting away from his flirtation with progressives towards returning to his his corporate technocrat roots i'm shocked uh, yeah right um but it was very funny he was asked about this in the press conference and he's like yeah you just kind of have to deal with it whatever um with, with which, getting protested in a bathroom yeah he's like yeah if you're a, if you're a politician it's just kind of comes with the job he just don't like nut up yeah <laughs> Bernie said that no, Biden. Oh, okay. Biden did. Oh, that's great. See, I love his no fucks. Get fucked. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the one thing I can enjoy about Biden. He doesn't give a shit. What I yeah. like doesn't about care. that first, what I like about the Business Insider article is this is essentially the TMZ version of politics. It's like you run up on Kanye West after he took a shit. Like, Kanye, what do you have to say about this last thing? Like, one, Bernie Sanders has no obligation to sign anything you put in front of him. He doesn't have to condemn anyone. He doesn't have to condemn shooters he doesn't have to condemn terrorists he doesn't have to condemn anything his job's not his job description is not condemn bad things you know the politicians when they when they become politicians they actually take on a role of having to sign random statements by concern trolls that's actually their job if they don't do that they're at fault uh-huh. uh, look at the random assholes with things like sign this you piece of shit sign it this is just as old a trick in the book that we were talking about with like Pinkerton's busting up labor unions and and getting workers to turn on each other. This is just an old as old a trick in the book. Oh, you you haven't come out against the evil thing. You must be bad. Like this is always used to, to shit on progressive leaders. This is this has been this was used on fucking my boy. Uh, who's my favorite guy? Why am I blanking on his name right now? Eugene Debs. Like Debs didn't come out against the communists. Like, yeah. like this is this is such an old way of being like. This progressive guy who has principles, turns out he doesn't. But, but this one's a fail because it's basically a funny and good thing. I know. Like it's not even a, like it's not like a heinous thing. It's like okay, they harassed an asshole in a bathroom. Who cares? But but to but to Beltway psychos, yeah. the, you're right. The, this is concern trolling of the highest order. Right. The most important thing is when you go the sanctity of the bathroom in Congress. You can't dare be harassed by by protesters there. Yeah, that's your safe space. Yeah. Yeah, God forbid Beltway psychos stop liking Bernie Sanders. <laughs> right, he's lost the he's lost the Beltway psycho. I'm still waiting for the one article about what people do in bathrooms that comes out of the Beltway that doesn't make me want to kill everyone. <laughs> like, that is it, like, like that, that is not like, hey, um, are trans people really shitting in there, or is it just rape town? 
can, can this woman please shit in peace while she destroys the country? Like, can I just get one article that's like a normal person tried to take a shit and someone stopped them because they're the piece of shit? I, I, don't, I don't know. This, this is... This is less than nothing. I've never wanted someone to be disrupted in the bathroom more than this headline, and that's the exact opposite of their intention. Like, right. like, like someone's like, oh, someone planted a fucking flaming bag of dog shit on Joe Manchin's doorstep. Bernie won't condemn it. It's like, good. Good. <laughs> Who cares? In the, the, cinema, the cinema bathroom harassment, in all caps, um, is a it's is like would would be would not need condemnation regardless of context, uh, but the fact that she is absolutely refusing to engage with constituents and hold public meetings and public hearings of, of any of any kind, is, this is literally the only recourse available to her constituents. So even in just like the most practical um, appraising of the situation. It's understandable. They're, they're yeah, acting like she's Sumner having been beaten with a cane because someone shouted at her through a door. For people's reference, senators and congressmen essentially have office hours where their office is open for members of the public to schedule a meeting and come lobby them. You, member of the public, you can go lobby your senator. Yeah. You can schedule a meeting. You can walk down to Congress. You can pass a security checkpoint and go get like a 15-minute meeting with your senator. You can, you're free to do so. You know what you're not allowed to do if you're the senator? Go to the bathroom to avoid it. Where, where's the Where's the article? Mitch McConnell refuses to sign sentiment condemning uh, you know, Margie Carter Green for banging on on AOC's door and threatening to kill her or whatever the fuck that other thing was she was doing like six months ago. Like the, the amount of times that this is done to actual progressives, this is done to like good Congress people, is more or less constant. Where's the fucking articles for them? Like, no one cares. This happens all the time. Being a congressman basically comes with the territory of psychopaths harassing you. In this case, it comes with the territory of public people reasonably harassing you, too, if you're the psychopath. But once again, no one, it doesn't even matter that it's Kirsten Cinema. It only matters that it's her because right now she's fighting against the actual legislation. Yeah. Like, no one cares about Joe Manchin. He has literally never mattered. The yeah. only time he matters is when he's going to prevent Democrats from passing something. Yeah. He's, they're just stopgaps, they're just road bumps. They're just, they're just, you know, speed, uh, speed bumps. That's what I meant. Like, they're just there to impede progress. This article and, yeah, only people written. People are going to be salty when you impede progress. This article was only written so they could post yet another image of Bernie looking confused and angry. Yeah, he just old. wanted an excuse <laughs> to post that. And they're like, what can we attach him to? How can we dig at Bernie some more? We have to meet our daily fuck Bernie Sanders quotient for ever daring to raise a hand against the neoliberal order. Well, what if we, like, tied him to this weird bathroom thing, maybe? I don't know. And someone's like, well, that makes no sense. But you can just imagine the meeting of like, fuck, it will be alive. Like, it's like a comedy writer's room. They're trying yeah. to come up with some kind of connection. It's like someone died of a heart attack in DC. They're like, how can we get Sanders for this? Like, it's nothing <laughs> to do with anything. It's just like, fuck it. Let's say that we tried to get him to sign a thing and who, who can confirm whether we even do it or not. Like in, in how can we get rest. Sanders for the Norway bow and arrow yeah. attack? Sanders caused the Everlong. Just write it. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. We have evidence that Sanders stabbed this British MP to death. Yeah. Sanders caused the, the USA. Go, it's the, yeah. it's the big one that started that dumb war. <laughs> what the loosest thing that dumb went to, yeah, yeah. Sanders caused the Hindenburg disaster. Like, that's, that's, they're just like throwing shit at him. Like, hey, remember this guy who we don't like because he was a good guy? 
What if he was a moderately less good guy according to some insane Let, Let's remind our insane audience that he's he's been the hero all along and he's still the hero. Bernie Sanders could take a dump in Kristen Cinema's tea and I would still vote for him over her in any contest between the two of them. I don't care. Like Anyone who likes Bernie Sanders for the rational reasons that he was supporting the working class is not going to change their mind because he like made a faux pas of not adequately condemning some horse They didn't even make a faux pas. They're trying to force yeah, him to make a, a faux fictional pas. faux pas. Yeah. Well, I supported this man because he supported me. I supported this man because he supported the working class. Well, I don't know. This other horrible traitor woman who's destroying the working class, she didn't have enough time in the bathroom. They're trying to gaslight him into thinking he made a faux pas. I guess my politics have to change because of that. I guess I'm a conservative now because Kristen Simina couldn't shit. What the fuck are they talking about? They're, they're grasping at straws. Yeah, and it's it is kind of funny. Just re- I just read the ha- the headline one more time. Then it ends in report says, which kind of suggests that like they're not even right, sure it this be is true. Bullshit. They've added so many layers of this is bullshit that they can't ever be called on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. As we wind down, gang, I've got three uh, what I think are funny articles. We'll see what everyone <laughs> thinks. Important to qualify. Uh, I'm going to start with the least upsetting. Uh, but I, I don't know. This I think there's something here. There's something that we can massage out of this one. Uh-huh. This from a very un. We don't often see this source from the Hollywood Reporter. Black Hollywood, which I don't know what the fuck that is, is snapping you know. up. Pa- <laughs> is snapping up paintings by this young artist. I would not be surprised if Black Hollywood was like a rapper. It's like some just some guy. Yo, I'm Black Hollywood. I, I mean, I like I think I know what they're getting at, which is like you know the the many parts of Hollywood who are black. You yeah, know, of course. Not operating as somebody, but like, what's so, what do you think about this? Because I I have a couple thoughts on this. Well, which artist? Do they say? It sounds like a, a whatever. Uh, some young painter. It doesn't. The, who the artist is doesn't really matter. Okay, so it's a painter I, I, at least. We know I'll, that. I'll leave it to, to your thoughts, I guess, because I I just read this as like a a culture piece. You know, like hey, look at this up and coming. It's snapping up paintings. I didn't really have to go for much of a stretch to say a painter. Well, yeah, yeah, but I thought it might have been like Jay Z's now painting or something. Like I don't know. I, artist I've, at this point, artist is such it's a young artist. Term. Well, you see, now you buried the lead. You mentioned Jay Z, who is obviously integral here. I figured he would be. Yeah, but it's like the 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 you know they're snapping up paintings by this this young artist George W. Bush. You know, it's like who knows? Like people can do paintings who are not primarily painters. Anyway, oh man. So just what do you think about the concept here of like because to me it reminds me of second wave feminism it's like n- now black people are getting to do what typically rich white people do right there's enough of a, useless shit there's enough of a value. disposable income among a black bourgeoisie that yeah. they can afford to do this but to right. me this is just an ad it's just the artist got in touch with the paper and said I need to sell even more of my paintings make it seem like everyone's doing that to start a hype train so people will buy yeah, my maybe. paintings this literally to me is like the sidebar of a website have like you, have you heard of the last time. Yeah, have you heard of the fact that everyone's buying you know this guy's paintings get on it they're selling out any moment there's only four in stock that's what yeah, they're talking about like but uh, so you mentioned Jay Z and now Jay Z is, is one of the best examples of this where, you know, he's a successful musician who makes lots of money by selling lots of albums, but then thinks he's some kind of, like, business mogul. Yeah. He thinks he's, like, more than just a very successful artist. He's more than just a husband of a richer woman. 
now I buy property. Now I buy real estate. Now I buy art because it will appreciate in value instead of depreciate in value like a like a car, like I'm some kind of pleb, young rich yeah, uh, exactly. uh, rapper who buys a Lambo, which is going to depreciate by fifty percent in ten years. Yeah. When I buy this painting, which will appreciate. Like to me, this is so like you don't want to be a white bourgeoisie person. It sucks. They all have terrible taste. Stop trying to be like white rich people. White rich people are why everything sucks. And, and then he's like, gets into all weird conspiracy theories, he's writing like, you know, it's more important, credit. He starts like rapping about Jews owning banks. Like there's all sorts of crazy shit that goes into. Definitely nothing wrong with that. Well, no, nothing wait, wrong with wanna... getting into wild anti-Semitic hysteria. I... I do not want to get into the bizarre trend of anti-Semitism among the black community. I don't want yeah. to get into it this episode. That's something, that, that's something that highly educated and wealthy people should be engaged in. We can pass on the intersection of religion and wealth and yeah. black community. We can, we can deal with that later. What do you think, Hayden? What do you think about this hot young, new young artist? Um, what do you think about black know. Hollywood? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like in itself a... Uh, uh, the title of a, of a pretty interesting movie. Um, I'd watch Black Hollywood. Yeah, right. See, like all the coolest I, art actors. I um. Yeah, I I I understand the the kind of um the the rolling out of, of threads of of uh of consideration of what this this could could be about about um um you know concerns and and uh, implications, especially around Jay Z. Who, yeah. I mean, he is a business mogul, but yeah, it, it is. It's it's pretty, it is pretty ridiculous how much of kind of uh, uh, how preachy he has become um, towards the the younger generation of of uh, you know what would have been his contemporaries if they were uh, coming up alongside him. Yeah, he, um, he's but, trying to be like Jordan Belfort. He's trying to be like a business, yeah. like a money manager. It's very weird. Uh, he just wants to be accepted. Like he, oh, he wants to become an owner of the Nets. Like he wants to get in big business. And it didn't, you know, it didn't hurt that he married like the richest woman, also who was very successful. Well, I guess it's different than his early business advice, which was sell drugs on the corner. Right, sell crack. <laughs> yeah, his business well, advice has changed better, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Although, is it really better? I don't know. No. It's debatable. I mean, for, for the for the young artist, um, which I mean, kind of a poor service to, to them to not even name them in, in, in the headline, um, but whatever. It sounds like they're doing okay. Uh, good for them. Sounds like they've landed upon something that attracts a very, uh, a very uh, affluent clientele, and uh, you know, just like that millionaire brother who is now um, who cracked the code selling sneakers and, and Bitcoin, yeah, and buying crypto. Uh, they found uh, what the kind of pop art that attracts a bunch of really rich uh, uh, black celebrities. So good for them, unless they're a horrible person. Then fuck up. But I'm never gonna read the, the article, so that's all I have to say. Well, not not putting the name in the headline is meant to make you read the article because now you're curious about who it is. Obviously, I don't know. Should be yeah, awful yeah. cynical. I think someone at the Hollywood Reporter was just desperate to find anything and found this like sitting there. And it's not, I mean, I, it's not it's cynical. Not this is like this like this is like media 101. Is you make headlines more compelling by leaving some critical thing out that you were then compelled to read the body to get. I know, but what I'm saying is. I don't buy your insanely cynical take that like this is a planned article necessarily. Well, I I'd only give that like an eighty percent chance of being true. And there's obviously <laughs> a chance that this is just they're desperate for like a public interest, you know, human interest story, and they found something. But like, look at the way it's written. They didn't write um, Hollywood Reporter dash. You know, 
Black Hollywood has grown increasingly fond of this artist. Here's the name uh, because of their new style. What you know, what X Y Z, right? They didn't. Just, they didn't. Good, they didn't just give a sort of neutral biographical tagline. They gave an urgent buy now, click here to buy now headline of they're snapping them up. It's they're going to be gone in sixty seconds. Like this entire thing is an urgency based title. You if you're not quick. You're not getting these paintings. That is the entire frame. So I don't, I don't that know. That's to me not... sells ads. Like that is selling the urgency with which you must yourself figure out about this guy and see if you want to buy his paintings quickly. Maybe, but this isn't this isn't like an NFT scam. This is like you're not they're not gonna run out. Like you're not gonna I'm just saying pre- press is literally the only thing that art like artists can do to get their name out there. But the Hollywood reporter is like a what do celebrities do thing. It's not really like an ad thing it, this is just look how cool celebrities are yeah. so i think it's just oh it's oh look is it cool alicia keys is buying like this guy's painting because it's got some like because it likes it uh it fig, um it it shows black people as art instead of like mm-hmm. typical art like i don't know to me this is just trying to be like oh isn't our culture cool this to me does not read like a you know marketing scam but i don't know if i was if i was trying to do that i read an article called Meet the five or ten top new young black artists in LA who have created a scene. Like I would write an article that was more about the evolution and development of a community and the cultural advancements. Yeah, that they've and made. I'm sure if your job was journalist at the Hollywood Reporter, you'd do a better job in this. Person. But all I'm saying is the frame of that would be more general and more cultural and more promoting an entire group of people. This is literally one dude and the urgency with which you need to buy the things from one dude, which strikes me as an ad. You're certainly right in that using the word snapping up does yeah. inject a little bit of urgency. Alright, let's move to something completely different. This from CNN. Man falls to death after dangling from hot air balloon in Israel. I mean, I've seen this episode of Assy McGee. <laughs> like, why do you think I chose this? Because I'm not sure I even have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was he was he struck by the Iron Dome? <laughs> why why did they include that he was dangling? Why wouldn't you just write "man falls to death after falling out of hot air balloon"? There was a moment of suffering. No, that he was terrified. They're trying to do fell. a they're trying to do a cliffhanger, but then they forgot to do a cliffhanger. Just like, oh, by the way, he died. No, I think they're saying he was like showboating, and he was like, you know, when uh, oh, I think like, you're saying uh, he was doing daredevil uh, shit when Michael Jackson like held his man. baby out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I think I know why I picked this article. Well, that was showboating, yeah. Why? Because why is this news? What and if, also, what if he wanted, why does it matter? That okay, what if he wanted to kill himself without upsetting his family? You know, like, oh, he, had to get, he had to get to heaven. But yeah. Oh no, I'm falling. What I'm saying, it's like, oh, I, it was, I was just showboating. You know? I what if this was, God what if this was clever? Again with these Trick. tricking God on Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I this, this is like a. I, I I agree though. Like, uh, obviously, it's sad, you know, uh, loss of life. Um, and, and I said that very br- brusquely, but I do mean that. Um, but it's very weird that this made CNN. Yeah, like this is a this is a Mad Libs put together headline. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I just thought it was funny, and inscrutable. Yeah, was was he like? Were they were they trying to escape like? The Gaza Strip or something? I don't. 
So they, so they hired an air balloon, hired an air balloon yeah. for a day for like a thousand They'll never dollars. expect this. Well, I, yeah, I don't. This is the article with both the least deaf and the least hot air about Israel that I've read in a long time. <laughs> there you go. It is. All keep right. on coming. Email the show about what you think this article is about. <laughs> All right. We're going to... Uh, do not reply the... at bullshit.com. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe, we'll vote, maybe we'll have an email at some point. Yeah. We will tell you in the future. Mm-hmm. And our final article of the day... Honestly, it's probably below what you're listening to right now. From Real Clear Politics. Uh, okay. If polls are right, Dems are doomed. If they're wrong, it's worse. What? <laughs> exactly! They haven't defined worse for who? It's worse for Republicans if we're wrong. <laughs> right, because that would just that would just be a straightforward sentence, but it would be meaningless. Yeah. If polls are right, then the Democrats lose. If they're wrong, then the Republicans lose. And that would be bad. Like what? Okay. I, I don't think that's what it's mean. I Like worse for the country? Like what are they talking about? Which polls? <laughs> there's nothing in, there's no content in this statement. What do the polls mean? All polls agree the Dems are fucked. Citation, my asshole. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? There's entire data aggregating websites that have polls that are very, very complicated. They're referencing nothing. Are they like? Are they trying to say that if Dems, uh, you know, come out with with a majority despite being um, complete hypocrites, liars, and and completely ineffectual? Then it's worse be- because people accept that reality and, and accept that treatment. <laughs> yeah, this is written by Sanders. If yeah. the polls are right, then the Dems are doomed, which means we, the Republicans are. And if they're worse, it's it's that the neoliberals will rule forever. It's a it's a leftist that's, article. That's why he refused to sign that. Yeah, that condemnation. He didn't have time. He had to write this article. Yeah. I demand. I'm going to start a change.org that Real Clear Politics change their name to Real Opaque Politics because this is inscrutable. Here, let me read to you. False obtuse politics. Let me read to you one sentence from this head, from this article. The latest morning consult slash political findings from last week showed Biden's approval underwater across the yeah, board yeah, yeah. at 45% approval overall, 40% approval on the economy, 44% approval on healthcare, 40% on national security, 33% on immigration, 36 on foreign policy. What the fuck? Who is getting polled? What are you talking about? He's like, well, I liked, I liked what he did last week on foreign policy, but I hated what he did in healthcare. What the fuck are you talking about? No one knows any of this shit. Because these are like 50-person push polls of Fox News viewers. Like these, these polls have almost no validity, and they almost never even pretend to do. Jen Psaki couldn't answer what her approval is on each of these things. Like, no one, no, the average American doesn't know fuck all about any of this oh, stuff. I, I wasn't, we don't even know what the fuck is going on with any of these things. I was the gonna guess. The idea that down to like, oh, he's 2 percentage points lower on the X policy than Y. Like, fuck out of here. This is bullshit. I was definitely gonna guess that it was about Biden's polls, because that's the only poll information that anyone's ever been talking about for the last six months. Um, but the problem is, first of all, he's probably not even going to run for re-election. And even if he did, things that are happening more than three years before that vote don't mean anything. Because no one remembers or cares what happened in the first year of someone's presidency. The only thing that matters is what's happening in like the four weeks at most before the actual election. 
should he run for re-election? At which point, the only thing that will matter is, is he alive? Because <laughs> if, his, if his brain has fully imploded or if he has fully become deceased, then he will lose. And if not, and they run Trump against him, then he will win. And if not, what they if- run someone else against him, then he'll probably still win. What if he dies and wins? That would be perfect. <laughs> as long as it's not Harris VP. Uh, um, I, okay, I think I solved the quadratic equation. What they're saying uh-huh. is if the polls are wrong in that they're underrepresenting how mad people are, the Dems are even more doomed. Yeah, but that's meaningless. That's like saying the right. polls show bad things for him, but what if they were even worse that we can't prove? Right. Why? Yeah, that's so stupid. But- I I had never heard of a uh, real clear politics. Oh, so really? no. Um but I'll, I I just I just want to present some in, information objectively as we always do without any opinion attached. Um it is formed by a former options trader and an advertising agency executive. So yeah, that, that's all I wanted to add. Just take that as you will. They're pretty the, much just a 538 competitor. And I've I've read this stuff for a while. Mm, I love yeah, but so they're, they're like a pro-Trump five thirty eight competitor. Like they're they're asinine. Right. Like, yeah, this is this is this is a dog shit website run by basically like business people for the sake of pushing a, a Trump Republican version of American politics, which is like I wouldn't even waste my time on them to be honest with you. But they are, I mean, they're funny. Like they do push like the kind of dog shit you'd expect from an article like this. But it's 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 like this is this is red meat for people who can't accept that Trump lost. This is red meat for people who are like, don't worry, don't worry. The, the insurrection may have failed, but nah, he's no, coming no. back. Those people don't read polls. Those people are on Stormfront. Those people no, are of course on, they like, don't read polls. Of course they don't read polls, because if they read polls, they'd realize this is horseshit. They want someone else to say that they've read the polls and that it was good. See, I don't think this is for anyone, because wonks would like turn their nose at this. And anyone like dumber than that would be like, what is this bullshit? Like, This is for no one. And and the article, the headline, I don't know. The whole thing was just, I, I don't understand what's happening. I need to pass this on. I need to pass the buck. I need to pass this stone. So let's briefly talk about polls, right? If you, if you take poli-sci courses, like even a handful of them, what you quickly learn is that they don't mean anything. Because polls can be engineered and are always engineered to achieve the outcomes that they get. Right, there's no such thing as like a uh, non-bar. There is right. There's no neutral poll in a moving train. Like you, when you ask a poll question to an audience, let's even pretend that you find a perfectly representative audience, which also doesn't exist. You can very easily frame the question to get the result you want, and this is called push polling, which is to say you ask the question in a way that gets the outcome you're looking for. You can ask questions in a way that makes the vast majority of Americans support Medicare for all. You can ask the question in a way that makes the slim majority not support Medicare for all. And the right-wing papers publish that one, and the left-wing or, well, centrist papers publish the former one, or would if any one of them still supported Medicare for all. The point is, you polls do not really mean anything unless you actually trust the people conducting the poll and the media company telling you about the poll. Because not only are polls themselves incredibly easy to manipulate, but the media companies that republish you know, news stories on the polls selectively publish little tiny pieces of the poll data to get the result they want, even within the already curated results of a poll. So if you actually go to the source of almost any of the polls that are quoted in even major publications and look at the full data set that they produce, it's almost always wildly different outcomes than what is reported in those articles. So if someone says to you, like, hey, polls show, it's like they're lying to you. Just stop right there. They're lying to you. Because that's not how polls work. Polls are always have a margin of error. Their sampling biases are often enormous. The pushing that they're doing towards one or another, whether they even realize it, is almost always the entire premise. There's no such thing as like this 
true mathematical knowledge that we have about what this means about the American public, which is why we have polls with like 30 point swings on the exact same question phrased slightly differently. So in some sense, you're like, oh, the polls show. No, they don't. They now, don't show a fucking the, thing. Here's the funny thing about polling as the years have gone on. For a while, there actually were decent polls. Now, there, are, there have been institutions that did exactly what Alex said, which is they ask the same question multiple different ways and combine the results from their different skews to get an actual nice average. But as uh, campaigns and politics has become increasingly, I wouldn't say tech-focused, but like, um, uh, what, what are they, like analytics-focused, there has be there has burgeoned a new industry for, as Alex says, polls that give you what you want. So whereas previously there are like these independent institutions which would do polling, now there's a cottage industry to go to Republicans and Democrats and get paid to give them polling that they want. So there's actually been a market incentive to give more biased polling over the last uh, probably twenty years, I'd say, uh, and and that has only grown. And like all the all the young like millennials involved in politics these days are all these pollsters that have created these insane media companies that give you boutique polling that answers the exact thing you want. But even more Whereas before it was all run by like economists who just wanted the actual data. Even more importantly than the fact that the polls are basically all manipulated, whether intentionally or not to get the outcomes that they're looking for. It shouldn't even matter what the polling results are, no matter what, they say, because your political project should not change based upon its current popularity. If you're, you know, let's say you're an immigration rights advocate, and it's like, hey, a recent poll shows that 55% of Americans are okay with kids in cages. You wouldn't go like, all right, I guess we're putting kids in cages. You would go, how can I and my organizations and those representatives who work with me or whoever the combination of your alliance is, fight to change the public narrative on what it means to have an ethical immigration policy. You wouldn't go like, well, there's a slim majority for something evil, time to kill myself. You would, you would just well, it, you would fight the thing. You would continue to fight the thing. So it's useful to know how difficult that battle will, will be um, in, in planning on, on how to fight that thing, how to change perception, how much of an uphill battle it will be. Right, but again, that, that even implies that the, the polls tell you that in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah, I agree they don't. Like the, the, they less and less do, but they used to. The clearest example I remember is, is uh, like reporting around the 2016 election, the presidential election, where, of course, Hillary was, pre was projected by winning in like a landslide victory by at least every yeah. liberal, liberal outlet. Except uh, even the best predictions then gave her like a 76% chance. 76% uh, chance. Until the last like week, she was at 90% on almost all of them, and she slid in the yeah, very, very yeah. end. But the only thing that matters is the last week. Well, well which, which well, none yeah, of them well, mentioned to you when you're reading them in the previous two years. And I just want to say one, one more thing, which is that the second point was, and then towards the very end, I remember the, the New York Times sent out finally reporters like to look at, to, to travel to different states in the US to talk to communities and voting blocks there. And they suddenly discovered, oh, fuck. All these, all these uh, voiceless national polls that we've been basing all our data off are wrong. People do not feel this way now that we're talking to them face-to-face. -face. And then, yeah, it was too late, of course, to really change anything or not anything could have been changed necessarily. But, yeah, all the feedback shot back to central outlets and, and things that, uh, adjusted less than they should have, obviously, based on outcomes. But, yeah, it, it's just like the... It's 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 kind of the the result that we see more and more in in this uh, analytics um, polling, uh, just like 
uh, sort of algorithm-based kind of ecosystem that we're, that we're living in. It's like we think that we can boil people down based on a certain number of data points, but people are unpredictable, and we, and we honestly uh, are both informed by our own biases in designing those algorithms, and we still don't really understand how people think because if we did, things might not be as bad as they, as they are right now. Anyways, from, from, from what historical data we have, and I just want to use this as, as another example from American history, the majority of Americans throughout just before the Civil War did not support abolishing slavery as an immediate abolition. And the majority of Americans were even less likely to support that idea if it meant triggering a civil war or triggering a massive political conflict. If we had made our political decisions based upon the polling data available about an, like an issue of clear ethical importance, um, we probably would have had slavery another hundred years or so. Uh, you cannot say, let us just throw some shit into the ether and be like, well, let's frame this question in a way that makes you very upset uh, at the idea of what the consequences of something difficult would be if we attempted to do it. Like, did anyone want a bunch of people to die in a civil war? Obviously they fucking didn't. But would it have been better to keep a hundred times as many people in indentured servitude slash slavery for the next hundred years? Probably not. And, and, and the question is not at any given moment, is the thing popular enough to have achieved the slim majority we need to say it has a democratic mandate? No, the question is, if you have a morally significant issue that has not yet reached majoritarian status of popular opinion, then you fucking fight until you get there. Like, look, in the 90s, gay marriage did not have the majority of, of people support it. It only had like low 20s support as far as the amount of people who thought that gay marriage should be a, a federal law, like that, that every state should be required to offer gay marriage. And now we're well above 50% throughout the whole country. That happened in the span of only 20 years, and it happened because the advocates for that cause fought tooth and nail to change public perceptions. And uh, the overwhelming majority of the time that polls are cited in this way, they're meant to demotivate, demoralize, and demobilize activists. Instead of saying, we have not yet reached what we need to be achieving as far as convincing enough people that the ethical thing is what we must fight for, we have more work to do. Let us keep doing that work. That's the only reason to reference the polls, as it mentioned, like as a frame of reference for how well we're doing, not a frame of reference for like what is possible. But neoliberal presentations of polls, and they're the ones who love them the most, is always, here's what is possible, what the poll currently says is, is, is popular. As opposed to saying, this is a snapshot of the electorate, if to the degree that it's even accurate, how can we change what people think? That's the only question. Because what is ethical did not change because the majority of people don't do or don't support it. You know, slavery did not become more reasonable because most people were comfortable with it at the time. So it's, it's, to me, the entire framing of polls as a replacement for a political philosophy, for a political theory, for an ethical premise from which you fight, the reason you have a politics, that's nothing. That's nonsense. That's replacing, um, you know, ends and means. It's, it's, re it's replacing content with, with, with functionality. You cannot say my political project is to win at something. Your political, if that's your political project, kill yourself. Like, no All joke. If your political project is to always maintain a 51% popularity approval, no matter what evil you have to do to maintain it, you're a piece of shit and shouldn't be in politics. Yeah, but Alex, you just spoiled the game. The Democrats and Republicans only exist to stay in power, not to actually pass policies that follow their moral code. Yeah. So the Democrats' entire, in fact, the irony is the Democratic platform is just to have more than fifty percent popularity and win. Yeah. They don't have any ball. They don't have any belief. And, and this That's is the fundamental problem. Exist. That is the fundamental problem. Is they are career politicians seeking their own continued power and 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 influence. They are not 
ideologues committed to good principles that they will fight for whether they're popular or not, which is the only reason to do politics at all that isn't evil. Anyway. I'm not a fan of polls. All right, politics well, are our business. And politics are bad. We did it, everyone. And that's why we'll keep talking about them every week until we die. Come back next time to hear us talk about how politics are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, are, are we going out on that article, uh, Jason? Yeah, that's all I got. That was twenty was something. I don't even know. Yeah, that was enough. <laughs> You've done enough damage. I got to everything I wanted. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. There were some other like, uh, fucking uh, what are they called? Like my little bullshit. ponies got woke, but uh, we don't. Need okay. That. Yeah. You know, you you made a good decision. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know. I just I love the Washington Examiner. It's such good. This material. this was a long and sort of dark one, but you know what? We didn't make you do the My Little Pony article. I didn't think it was that dark. We we crawl, we went all across the spectrum. We laughed. We cried. We raged. Uh, um, I feel like I, I'm about to reach uh, the stage of acceptance. So I think we protested yeah. dumps. Yeah. Uh, we united man. workers across the world. We did it. Talked about big red job, ones. Folks. Well, we will we will see you next time with probably more of the same. <laughs> see you later. Love you. Bye. Good night and good luck. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy what we do here at the Non-Essential Workers Podcast and you want to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash non-essential workers podcast or by clicking the link below. For five bucks, you get access to the Patreon feed and twice twice as many total episodes how many more i'll say it one more time for the back twice (laughs) anyways thanks and see you next time